Thank you for taking the time to listen. Church Hurt is real. We would like to hear your story to help others who have been abused in church. Only when we speak up can we begin to heal from the pain. Please send your story confidentially to the email witminyahoo.com. Hello, this is Pastor Jay. This is not a word for today, but this is an observation. Every now and then I come on and give you an observation of culture and religion, the church, male and female relationships. And today, we want to discuss the elephant in the room that has always been in the room. And nobody wants to really deal with it in a way that's constructive or a way that helps. It seems as if the church to which I love and am a part of, because I am a pastor, has a hard time really dealing with the changes in culture because it seems as if the church wants to just stay where it's at and ignore the reality of where it's been. Stay where it's at and no ignore the reality of where it's been and who's in the church and what does the church become? Um, we're not the same church nor on the planet that happened. Excuse me. In Pentecost. We're not that church. Nobody's that church. Nobody is the Pentecostal church in America. They may carry the label of the Pentecostal church. But it's not the same church. The church, like the culture, scripture tells us that things are going to get worse. Bibles replete with scriptures talking about the wheat and the tear growing up in the church and there's going to be this uh, division of them by the heavenly angels uh, we have scriptures in, in there that talks about uh, Galatians 6 and 1 people falling and then being restored uh, we have scriptures that talk about the hypocrisy uh, saying not to do and then you're doing the same thing. And then when it's convenient for you, you actually promote it. James said, when you're drawn away, you're drawn away by your own lust and desires. And this is just the thing that happens worldwide. People have lust and people have desires. And inside the church are the people that are in the world. Some of them, to God give the glory and praise, have been able to conquer their lusts and desires. Some of them are still struggling with their lusts and desires. And others are just actually enjoying their lusts and desires. And they all are in the church and worship together at the same time. And then we have Beyonce. I'm not a Beyonce fan. I am observing, and this is my opinion. Based on all what I just said in the historical narratives of the Bible, 
as to the wickedness of men's hearts. And the Bible's declaring, God declaring, man's heart is deceitful, wicked, desperately wicked. That the man is full of trouble as the sparks fly upward, men and women, mankind. Why are we amazed that there's so-called saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost folks that do some of the same things still that a person that's not claiming that does. And what I'm saying is Beyonce brought out something that's been true for centuries. And what I mean is when I studied temple prostitutes in the world and in religion, what I found out that was quite interesting. In the Jewish language, there's two words for prostitute. One is for the temple prostitute and the other is for just the street walker. The temple prostitute was well respected, oftentimes well taken care of, and the deities that they worshiped Fertility-wise, phallic symbols, they were mixed with the culture of Judaism at one time. People would literally go to synagogue and go to the temple and then also go and worship and have idols of phallic symbols and fertility gods in their homes. So if this was going on, hundreds, thousands of years ago, even before Christ came. Why would we think it has changed because of his death, burial, and resurrection for those who claim to be in Christ Jesus? If we would be honest and have an honest conversation about this, and I haven't been to church all my life, I could tell you personal stories of mine of knowing church girls. And this is before when I was a teenager that was as promiscuous, if not more than the girls that didn't go to church. How many stories have we heard and you've heard of the PK kids being a little more wilder, a little bit more risque, willing to push the envelope more than just the kids that were on the street. It almost as if because they lived in that environment where they had to put a lid on everything that was considered not holy, righteous, and and, 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 and upright, that once they got a chance to get out of the, from under that, they would explode like a soda bottle that you're shaking up and you open the cap and then it explodes. Why would we get upset with Beyonce and not be upset with Twinkie? Why do we say how dare she use 
just the in, in the, for the most of the song, a little bit of the sampling, and talks about the church girl being a thought. And, and if you want to, you can uh, Google the lyrics yourself or listen to the song yourself. And it talks about the duality of the church girl. And it doesn't have to be the church girl, the duality of church people. And she brings it up. And now it's just another opportunity for pastors to make things on YouTube, including myself. But I'm going to take a different approach. I'm not going to demonize Beyonce and I'm not going to demonize Twinkie. This was about selling records and the society today. Sometime God will use a bad thing to point out a more evil thing. The wages of sin is death. And as we see what sin brings about, we would only respect it because it brings about death and we can measure death. It exposes. And all Beyonce did and does and has done and other artists like her that's in the secular world, that's been in the church at one time, maybe it doesn't claim to be in the church now, all she did was point out the obvious that's been there in front of our face all the time. I will be 59 years old and again, not going to name names, but amongst the fellas, the church girl was what was happening because she was bottled up. She was she was restricted and when she got any inkling of being free like the rest of the kids like the rest of the teenagers she was extra he was extra and so we get surprised and upset that she talked about something that's actually true now I am old enough and smart enough to realize it's not true for every young lady or every woman in the church. But let's not pretend it's not in the church. Male and female. All these sexual scandals that's being exposed from the Protestant church to the Catholic church. Isn't that a thought? The men that's being caught up in it, the women that's being caught up in it, the victims that are coming from it. Why are we acting like this is something that we did not expect, that we did not know? And that is the problem with the church. And that's why the church has a hard problem of dealing with getting people to Christ because the four walls and the um, piety and the hypocrisy is so pungent. You can smell it. You can see it. Comments like this person or that person has been holy since the time they were born and they don't do nothing. And only if you knew they've been doing stuff all along. They've been being that thought. And they sing in the choir. They get up and do praise, uh, uh, praise team. They are the ushers. They are the announcing clerks. They are the pastors. They are the bishops. 
They're their evangelist. And for some reason or another, we pretend like, oh my God, let me clutch my pearls. I can't believe that this is happening in the church. We need to grow up. Because we can't help anybody until we're transparent. We can't help anybody until we realize that there are some testimonies, even in our church. This one particular person said they were raised in a church, went to church, had uh, sang in the choir and all of that. And they were doing thought stuff. The word thought wasn't out then. They used another word. But they decided at some point that they wanted something different. Free will let them be in a position where they can decide to want something different. They don't have to stay in that mindset. So they want something different. They're not denying that they were there. They're just saying they've changed. But the church is kind of funny because in one way I can see that they may project though. We, when since I'm in, do we project this sinless perfection and behind closed doors our shoes are under the wrong person's bed do we allow room to say we have clay feet just like you and we're struggling on some things just like you or are we so worried about maintaining an image that's not true and we still want to win people to Christ for real. We want to win people to Christ with an image versus Jesus Christ, the forgiver of sins in this dispensation of grace. We want to put the law down on them when nobody can keep it. It just shows how sinful sin is. And, and, and sex has been one of the greatest sins of all time. Sexual immorality of, of all sorts. So are we surprised that it's in the church? Why do we think the church is vaccinated from this? I've been in situations where I watched pastors and preachers and, and clergy. You know how they sit up there and they're all sitting up on the platform and it's about six or seven of them and they're leaning back and forth talking to each other and the choir, maybe the praise team maybe in front of them singing, the ladies in front of them singing. I've heard, I've seen personally the conversations that go on in that leaning back and forth and they ain't talking about God. I've been in the office where they go back to after it's over with and, and request certain women to come back and check them out or see them. I've been asked to go get certain women to for them to go see. And I felt guilty enough to run when I was told, I went out and told the woman, hey, look, you need to leave. Because what they're trying to put you into is nothing good. And I did my part. They're grown. They, if they want to go back, they're fine. But this goes on in the church and to act like it doesn't 
is ridiculous, but it doesn't go on in all the churches. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't go on in all the churches. Why does it take this little record, this, 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 this record from this artist and the artist, uh, uh, Twinkie Clark to char to, to bring such a outrage. This stuff is true. Sexual immorality and promiscuity and prostitution and whatever you want to say, homosexuality, uh, uh, infidelity goes on, rape goes on, has gone on in the church. Not only in the visible church, but in the visible four walls of the church. And we act like children that we can't believe that it happens. And that's how it continues to uh, uh, move forward. We keep continuing and stick our heads in the sand and act like we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to confront it. We don't want to have uh, uh, discussions in a way that can help people heal that are being victimized and help those who are the victimizers in the body decide that they don't want to do this no more. It's only through exposure that anything can change, but we can't get so caught up into who's exposing. See, I'm, I'm actually glad, just like all the exposures that's been going on. If you notice, there's been a lot of exposures going on in the past five years, mega churches especially, just falling, 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 falling. And if you notice, it's not money as much anymore. It's, it's some kind of sexual scandal. Where those who have been staunch uh, uh, anti-gay, anti-LBGTQ, anti-this, anti-that, anti-infidelity, you come to find out they're doing it. That is the Bible warned of the hypocrisy. Think about this. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't true. There'd be no reason to talk and have a prohibition about this if it wasn't there to begin with. But again, I'm going to say all churches don't, don't have that going on to a lesser, greater, or no degree. But to be a hall bent out of shape for clicks and views, which I hope this gives some clicks and views, let's, let's approach this with level heads. Let's deal with this elephant in the room. Most likely, in some churches, there's, as I'm speaking, something's going on that the majority of the church members don't know about, but there's enough of them that probably suspected and do. Now the question is, the rub, the stink, the bromide is, are these people are these people considered to be saved? Are these people saved? Now we must define what we believe salvation is. Are we saying that a person cannot be saved and still do those things? Or you pick whatever it may be. What is your uh, uh, limit what is your breaking point to whereas a person can do this and still consider themselves saved and see when you go down that road you'll find out that we all 
fall short. And we all got our personal preferences of what we will allow and what is damnable. What is kind of okay and I can understand it. But that over there, that over there is intolerable. And I don't want to deal with it. Or is it amount of times it's done? That makes the difference. If it's once every six months or once every two years that you decide to participate in whatever it is, does that make it better than the person who does it all the time? Or is it the fact that they in church, you can't be transparent about this? And maybe churches, and I'm willing to look at it like this too, people and saints. Maybe church is not the place to talk about these things. Maybe this is such a culture now that the church is ill-equipped to even deal with this. Because we can't go backwards. I call it like being the youngest dinosaur. You want to keep church where it's at. Because of nostalgia, because it feels good. This is what you grew up on. But some reason or another, the people are escaping you. The generation behind the generation is escaping you. They they can see through the hypocrisy. They can see beyond the veil of all the church regalia and all the the, the robes and the chains and the pink. I mean the, the not the pink, the purple and the red and the collar. They see behind all that because. What they have is maybe a story told to them of, you see that person up there? See what they doing? Well, two weeks ago, and I've been, and we've been, and no, nobody even know it. So what do we do? We mad at Beyonce? Come on. Come on, people. I think not. You mad at Twinkie? For what? This was a business deal. Maybe she didn't know exactly how she was going to use it. But once she sold it, it was unless it was in the contract, it was up to Beyonce to decide she paid for it. Why, you know what? And I, and I tripped off this. Why don't we trip off of Kurt Franklin and others? Kurt Franklin especially who has mastered using R&B secular beats and songs and recreate them into what we call gospel songs. What do you think uh, contemporary Christian music is? On your favorite contemporary station. Those are secular chords and everything. And mixed with rap to make it more appealing. You have to remember, the music is an industry, whether it's gospel or not. We are not in... The, the position anymore in a way a different kind of uh, uh, oppression but in a way that we're out in the field and we sing these songs one to keep rhythm with our work and two to to uplift us and help us get the day passed this thing is about money and let's be true let's we have some great gospel talent but they can't make the money like a Beyonce. They can't make the money like an R&B artist. Let's just be, let's be honest. And they're artists. 
They can't charge two, $300 a ticket. Nobody's going to pay to see them. They got to hustle what we call the Chitlin circuit. And now there's a, there's a ham circuit. The bigger churches is the ham circuit where they can go around to the more prosperous churches and put on a concert. But even with that, what you charging? 30, 40, 50 dollars a ticket, maybe 75. But you 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 can't get two, three hundred dollars a ticket and sell out anything. <clears throat> so where does church start and business end? Where does business start and church end? It's all blurred together now. And some say that's the problem. And there's some that say we need to go back. We need to go back. We need to go back. Haven't you lived long enough to realize you can never go back? Some of you have, I've watched the city I live in change. The places that used to be there for me for 50 years, now a whole area has become a Costco. And the memory of what was there will fade. My grade school has been torn down and, and a new one has been erected. And it's called Barbara C. Jordan. The grade school I went to in that geographical spot was called Daniel Boone. My junior high, there's condos where the junior high used to be. There's no such thing as the Hanley Oaks. Can never go back. So instead of trying to put the new wine, whatever that may be to you, culturally or religiously, into the old wine skin, we have to realize two things in that passage. It said, after drinking the old and people getting used to the old, they say the old is better. And that's just the nature of man. There are some things that I like that may be antiquated to somebody else. And guess what? That's what I like. But it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it better. Should the church even try to be transparent? These are the questions that I ask all the time. Or have we not gone far enough in trying to be transparent? Or do we not want to show, show the world, which already knows, and God knows, that... Sometimes we think more of ourselves than we should. Philippians warned about that. Consider others more significant than yourself. Think about it. Consider others more significant than, your, than yourself. Then it tells us to do to other people as we would have them do to us. Not the negative. It's not don't do. It's do to. So if we, if we do to others, if you really can handle transparency, and it takes an adult to handle transparency, then let's be transparent. But let's not fool ourselves just because you're not ready to be transparent, you want to pretend like it doesn't happen and stick your head in the sand. Church is in this world. If you're living now, you're in this world and we can never go back to Pentecost. See, if you study church history in America, all those revivals that came through, nothing is happening now. They died out. The Lakewood revival. And so, I mean, so many of them. I don't want to go into that, but if you study church history, 
They've been trying to revive, re have a revival nationwide. God's going to pour out on this nation. And you know what? Us four, no more shut the door, is church in this nation as if this nation is the place where God has to show up. And we're just as Sodom and Gomorrah as anybody. There was somebody, you know, there's all that saying out there that says, if God doesn't punish America, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. Think about that. I'm just giving you observations. I know you're saying, well, what's the solution? What's the solution? The sol One of the solutions is just be honest. We can't go anywhere until the truth is told. And because God will use somebody that has the platform to point it out, why are you getting upset? You, you already know it's been there. You already know. And I'm talking about ones that are still doing it that's in my age group. Men and women. Do you think this is just a young girl thing? This is church girl. This is church people. Church guy. This is church people. It's just the focus with the song is on the reality of this church girl. She's kicking it. She's having her fun. She's being promiscuous and sexual. And yes, she's showing up. She's leaving the club and showing up for church and singing in the choir. She's leaving her lover's house and showing up to serve on the usher board. He or she is leaving wherever and showing up to preach, teach, and do other things. Again, I'm gonna say it again before somebody gets upset. All churches aren't like this. But if you really think about it, the bigger the church, the larger the church, the more you won't be able to say, Oh, there's nobody in our church doing that. Because you don't have the personal relationships. They just come to church. They just point the clock. They just get in line. They do their performance. And they don't have any problem with that. And they still believe. They got Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and all of that. And they're just as spiritual and saved as everybody else in here. Because guess what? When you find that going on in the church, there's a whole bunch of them doing it. It ain't just one. And they know each other. And they know where all the skeletons are buried. And they know they better not be fronted because if they get fronted, they're gonna bring the whole, uncover the whole thing and then you're gonna be amazed. That some of that gossip ain't gossip. It's the truth. It's gossip. They wanna paint it as gossip as it being untrue. But again, now you get exposed. All right, now what? And please send me an email, send me a comment. Um, keep the comments clean. Let's talk about this. Send me an email, S-U-T-T-O-N-968 at gmail.com. Look in, look in the comment section. Get in touch with me somehow. What's really going on? What do we do, y'all? What, what, what are some of y'all answers? onto what we should do. Now, let's say we didn't like who exposed it. 
We don't like we didn't like house exposed. And it's kind of funny if you listen to my Bible study from today, uh, the 23rd, that midday, we talked about it a little bit. And I said something like, do we expect to stay clean when we uncover dirty things? And I think we are so naive and, and actually arrogant and narcissistic to the point we think we can let things be uncovered and not get any dirt on ourselves. See, you can't, when the light comes in, you can't decide, you can't determine where the light going, what it's going to uncover, especially the light of God. When you plant a seed in the spirit, when you plant a seed by making a willful decision, a lot of times you can't control how that sin will grow up to be something that you couldn't control. Just like you can't, you plant a good seed, you can't determine how much God is going to bless you from that good seed. Remember? exceedingly above all you can ask think and imagine that goes both ways that's a neutral statement on every on evil and on good it 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 can it's it god can do exceedingly above all you can ask think imagine when you do wrong and when you do right you see you got to be mature to talk about this And leaders in the church, let me ask you. I'm, I'm going to keep asking questions. What you going to do to make sure it's out of your church? You going to ride around on Saturday, at the, at the Friday night and Saturday night at the clubs looking for people's uh, license plate? And then you going to sit there and then do surveillance on them, find out where they go after? What are you going to do? Check Bed check for everybody? What are you going to do to stop this? Or can it be stopped by the leadership? And remember, if you decide to do surveillance, surveillance can be done on you. So whatever you're willing to do, have it be willing to done do to your, done to yourself. Or is this such a big thing, whatever it may be, that it's beyond the church and governing it? Some churches I know, if they find this out, they're going to excommunicate you. If you don't repent, they're going to excommunicate you. And we know the reason for excommunication is not to kick a person out forever, but they love to be in this fellowship so much that they will repent and come back. They'll change their mind or change their ways and the love of God will make them come back. And, and this is what I'm willing to say. I think one solution is we got to quit preaching all these subject matters that have nothing to do with the love of God. We got to preach the gospel and them unpacking what was done for them across. It's easier to change your behavior from a love position than a law position. A law mindset just condemns you. God's grace, sacrifice, mercy will actually make you change because that's what made me change. That's what made me decide, you know what? I'm learning to love him so much that some things are just not worth it. Some things are just not worth it for me. And that's just the way it is. Some things are just not worth it. And, and do I claim perfection? No. Does exposure hurt of any kind for any, everybody? Yes. But after exposure, there is a freedom. There's a weight lifted off of you. And I went through that. There's a weight lifted off of you when things come to light. Now, this is the next problem. Guess what? Just because the weight is lifted off of you, it doesn't mean listen to me carefully come a little closer it doesn't mean that you're not going to have to deal with 
the natural consequences of your actions. Yep. There's a natural consequence because it's a seed from your actions that you may have to deal with that you really don't didn't see coming that you didn't expect to happen because you were enjoying getting away with it for so long and then when the light comes it exposes and then what it does is begin to burn and cut and then there's a reaction to it and there's a consequence from it and it may be something that in the in the short run you may feel that it's the worst thing that ever happened to you but trust me in the long run you'll be able to appreciate what happened to you so i'm gonna end this conversation get in touch with me look in the uh box below uh, make a comment you can email me at s-u-t-t-o-n 968 at gmail.com or w-i-t-m-i-n at yahoo.com because i would love to discuss this with some church folk non-church folk people who don't like church people who are considering church tell me why you left church is 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 this since she did this why are you so upset and if you tell me that you didn't think this was in the church then you just had you you, you had your head in the sand like i said you can't decide who god's going to use to bring something to light You can't decide that. Because God uses clay feet people to show. We shouldn't think of ourselves more than we should. This is Pastor Jay. Let's talk about this. Late night. Is it Prophetess Beyonce? Think about it. Peace. I'm Eric with Operation Save the Loop. We are hosting an evangelism outreach event. Wake up STL on September 17th at O'Fallon Park. We will share the gospel and love of Jesus with people in the community, attempting to reach many who are lost or stuck in a world of crime. Featuring a free concert of local St. Louis Christian hip-hop artists, guest speakers, raffles all day, and barbecue. But we need your help. We are in need of volunteers or donations. Please visit OperationSaveTheLoo.com. That is OperationSaveTheLoo.com.